Making a living and making a life. I want to say that one more time. There's a difference between making a living and making a life. When you're walking in the wisdom of God, when you have the wisdom of the Lord, when you've got these traits, when you understand the, the principles that are in the Word, when it's talking about Proverbs with wisdom, and you begin to follow that and begin to think the way that God wants us to think, and you begin to think the way God wants you to think, it's a whole lot better. Now, now life is just not about making a living. It, it's, a, it's a totally different thing. You know, there's a difference. There's so much more than just cutting, getting a paycheck, having, having them write that check, cut that for you. There's a whole lot more to life than that. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So wisdom doesn't begin with the right mindset. It begins with the right heart set, so to speak. We've got to look at our heart. And this word heart in the Hebrew is lave. It means inner man, mind, will, heart, understanding, our very soul. It's who we are. It's who we are. And so we've got to keep who we are with all diligence. You know, one version here in this verse says, your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts run your life. So when we're talking about the heart, we're talking about who you are, how you think, how you do life. But your thoughts indicate where your heart is. In Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is why we've got to work on our thinking. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to always be in, in training our mind to think differently from the world that we see around us. Because the world around us does not have the answers. The leaders of this nation don't have the answers. The others that are leading the universities don't have the answers. The only one who has the answers is God. And that's how we've got to train our mind to think the way God thinks and the way that God wants us to think so that we can get His wisdom on things. We can get His, His understanding on, on the decisions and the choices that we make in life. Because without Him, we'll make the wrong choices. We'll make the wrong decisions. And we'll step out and do things that we didn't mean to do or want to do because we didn't have the right thinking. And so we've got to train our brain because our life is a reflection of our thinking. Philippians 4.8, Paul knew this. He understood, you, you look in, in, in the different ones in, uh, in the Scriptures, he's talking about having the mind of Christ, and he's always talking about that. And he's talking about renewing your mind. And so we see in, in Philippians 4.8, whatsoever things are true, honest, these are the things that we've got to think about. Whatsoever things are pure, what lovely of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. So our thoughts should be positive. Our thoughts should be running the way that God wants it, wants it to run. And that takes a different type of thinking. It takes a different type of training, training our brain to think the way God wants us to think. And so I want to jump right in with these next five, these next five characteristics, these next five ways of thinking that we need to do so that we can have wise thinking, so that we can be wise. And if you missed last week, again, you can get online and look at that. And we went over those first five there. But number one this morning is think graciously. Think graciously. Think graciously. You know, when was the last time you really messed up and you offended someone and you, you feel really terrible about it? You know, it wasn't your t intention. You hurt someone. You felt really bad. And so what did you do? You went to that person and you said, man, I am so sorry I did that. You know, will you forgive me? I did not intend to do that. I, you know, and, and then what are you looking for in response when you ask that question? Will you forgive me? Or I'm sorry for doing When you say that, what are you looking for back from that person? You're looking back for, oh, I forgive you. It's okay. 
You know, you're looking for grace. You're looking for that person to say, I know you didn't mean to hurt me. You know, I forgive you. You're looking for grace. How many know, you know, we want that all the time. And how many know, many times though, you know, we, we long for grace and we're, we want to be treated with grace, but a lot of times we don't treat others graciously. Or we don't have that mindset of just being gracious. Even with that server at the table that got your order wrong or whatever it may be. Just having a mindset of being gracious no matter where you are and no matter who it is and no matter what they're doing or what they've done, it's always having a mindset of being gracious. And this is one of the attributes of God, you know, because He was so gracious. And the first act, you know, He showed us Jesus. He came and died on the cross for us. God, out of His graciousness, sent His Son out of His love for us. He gave up His life, gave it up willingly. And He doesn't treat our sins the way that we deserve it. He doesn't treat, it, treat us the way, you know, even though we deserve a good slap upside the head sometimes. Sometimes, you, you know, the way we act, we deserve for God just to reach down and just get us right across the head. What were you thinking? You know, but God doesn't do that. Isn't that good? That God, I'm glad God didn't do it because the back of my head would be real sore if that was the case, if God did that every time I messed up, hit me back, oh, I'm sorry, God. You know, the next day, you know, I just always would be getting hit and the back of my head would be all goofed up. And yours would too. Don't be looking at me like that. Yours would be too. But thank God we have a gracious God that doesn't do that, that He understands when we mess up. He understands and He doesn't treat us even the way that we may deserve. Because our righteousness is what? As filthy rags. And we've got to treat others the same way that God treats us. And so why is this so important to wisdom? So what has this got to do with wisdom? Proverbs 11.7 says, A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. So just right there. Just right there. It's a benefit. So if, if I see in the Scripture... I see that, that there is something that's going to benefit me, then isn't it wise to do that thing? The thing that's going to benefit me? Isn't it, doesn't it make sense for me then to, to grab a hold of whatever it's saying there that, that it's going to benefit me? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to grab hold of this. And so in this case, it's kindness. Being gracious, being kind. That's what's going to benefit me. But a cruel man hurts himself. Hurts himself. So being cruel hurts me. It messes me up. It gets me all in the right, in, in the wrong frame of mind. It's really hard, and if you think about it, it's really hard if you're all upset, in the emotions, angry, up, you know, this and that at somebody else, for God to speak to you when you're in that state of mind. Wouldn't you think so? It kind of just stands to reason that if you're in that tr that 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 state of mind, you're in this whole thing, you know, you're angry, you can't believe so-and-so did that to you, and you're just, you're all upset and angry, how is God going to be able to come in and speak to you in that state? How is He able to minister to your heart? How is He able to give you direction for your life and give you wisdom for any decision that you have when you're in that state of mind? I know when I'm in that state of mind, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, when I'm in that state of mind, I never hear God. I never hear God. 
And if you do, we need to talk after. Something's really squirrely going on with you. I'm not sure, but, you know, we'll talk after. Maybe lay hands, get delivered, you know. Don't worry, we won't take a cross and burn it on your head or nothing like that. But, I mean, we, we, you know, that's Hollywood stuff, right? Sprinkle the water. Anyways, no. God doesn't speak to us. No, He doesn't when we're in that state of mind. So we can't get wisdom. We can't hear Him and hear what He's saying when we're all messed up and we're not thinking graciously, living, walking, living our life. In Proverbs 10, 12, says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Proverbs 17, 9, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Good sense makes one slow to anger. So we would make fewer mistakes, and I'm going to propose this here, we would make fewer mistakes in life if we treated others with hatred. No one said no to me? No. <laughs> We'd make fewer... Let me try it again. We'd make fewer mistakes in life if we treated others with graciousness. Amen? Amen. That would, that, that, based on what we just read, on those four, four scriptures right there, we would make fewer mistakes in life because we'd be able to be in tune with what God is saying because... We're not, we're not all messed up on the inside and our emotions and everything with, the, with anger, unforgiveness, hatred, being upset. It's a different mindset. It's a different way of thinking. Going through life, thinking graciously no matter what. Romans 5, 8, But God showed His love for us and that while, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So God showed His love to us before we were saved. You showed us grace before we deserved it. Just like you remember the adulterous woman, and we've talked about that before, and how he, you know, they, they were wanting to stone her. The Pharisees and the religious leaders, they wanted to bring her and just wanted to cast stones at her. You know, like, you broke the law. You did this thing. You did this awful thing. You deserve nothing but death. We're going to all take stones and we're going to throw it at you. You know, you're going to die. So they bring her before Jesus and says, what, what, what say you? What do you say about this manner? So he reaches down, starts writing in the sand, and then says, you know, he who's without sin cast the first stone, right? And we have no idea what he's reading, writing in the sand. We can all be guessing, you know, so there's a bunch of men. Maybe he was just writing female names of people they messed up with. I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe he was just starting to write the sins of each one of their, just, just starting to write down different things in the sand. You've done it. In other words, what he's saying, we, we all deserve to be stoned. But that's not how God treats us. That's not how God does. He doesn't pick up the stone. He sees us in love. Now, does that mean that we're to be soft on sin? No. We still call sin what it is. And if you notice, Jesus, at the end of that, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, there's nowhere. There's nowhere to be found. He said, well, then go and sin what? No more. In other words, you're forgiven, but just don't, don't go do this anymore. And that's what God says too. But that's how we should treat others. We can point out the wrong, but we've got to do it in love. We've got to think graciously. And when they do us wrong, we've got to be gracious. Number two, think consequentially. Now, a consequence 
is the aftermath of something. It's the end result or outcome of something. And wise people develop a skill called projection. And I'm not talking about projecting out of your body. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they can sit there and think and they can project to the end of every decision that they make. They can see the outcome. They can see the outcome and say, okay, well, if I decide to do this, they begin to think it through and they're looking at the end result and not just going by any passing thought that comes to them, any whim, and they're just going with whatever, whatever's going, you know, and just go with what everybody else is doing. Let's just go, oh, why are you doing that? I've heard this before. Why are you doing that? I've asked somebody, why, why do you, because that's what everybody does, isn't it? They didn't really think it through. They just went with what everybody else is doing. We just go, because that just sounds good. That's the norm. That's what it is. And so we just go with that and make the decision on that. But see, wise people can look at all the way to the end because every path leads you somewhere. Every path leads you somewhere. So whatever path you're on, there is a consequence. And so wise people can look and see the destination before they're going to arrive at it on that decision that they're making. They're praying. They're thinking about it. They're doing it prayerfully. They're, they're evaluating it. They're examining it. They're, they're, they're observing everything there is about it. And they're looking to the end. Foolish people plow through life and never think about the consequences. I mean, they just, they just go on. They don't think about the aftermath of the behavior. They just, and then basically they end up at some point going, how did I end up here? How did I get here? I don't know. And, and the answer is, is because we didn't think it through. I, you know, and I found myself, and go, how in the world did I end up at this spot? How did I end up with this mess? Or how did I end up doing that? It's because I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking consequentially. I wasn't looking at the end result. I just, it sounded good at the moment, and we went with it. Now, we talked about this example we're about to read here in Proverbs 7 two weeks ago as one of the six practices of wise people. And the practice was being a great observer. And this young man, he went down this wrong path on this road because he wasn't, and he wasn't too observing of his surroundings. He wasn't uh, being observant. And this applies here with thinking consequentially as well. In Proverbs seven twenty one. It says, with much seductive speech, she persuaded him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. So he went down the wrong path and ended up getting compelled by a prostitute. And in verse 22, it says, all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. See, he doesn't think it all the way through to the aftermath. Isn't that how sin is? If sin looks really good and appeasing, or, you know, like it's going to appease you and it's going to make you just feel so great. And then once you fall into that sin, then you end up feeling like, ugh. I have a shirt that says sin is like chocolate covered feces. And that's exactly the way it is. Sorry for the visual. And I know you're not hungry anymore now, but you may have been thinking about that restaurant you were going to after. Now that that's totally out of your mind now. We got your mind off your stomach. But that's how sin is. It's like, you know, it's, it's chocolate-covered yucky. You know, it looks so good on the outside, but it really isn't. You know, it's kind of like that cheap chocolate from the, in the Easter basket that you get, you know, the real cheap kind. You ever had that kind? And it's just real waxy, and it just kind of 
uh, it just doesn't taste real good, you got to go get some really good quality chocolate. You got to get some quality stuff for it to really taste good. But kids, they don't know the difference yet. They're just like, wow, this is so good. Daddy, you want a bite? I'm like, no, I had a bite. It's not the right kind. I want the good stuff. We've got to think things through. Proverbs 27, 12 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. He can foresee the evil, but the simple pass on and are punished. Simple don't see it. Proverbs 19, 3, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. And we went over this scripture already as well, but it applies again because we people that don't think things through to the end and we, I'm sure we, we've all been guilty at one point or another. And we didn't think it all the way through. And then we get upset and we blame God when it was our own foolish thinking. Number three, think flexibly. Think flexibly. This is important because life sometimes is unpredictable. You know, you can think, plan, consider, contemplate, do all these things, you know, to set things in motion. And, and, and you think, wow, it's all, everything's going to work out just this way. And it's going to go like this, but then life takes a turn where it throws you a curveball that you just didn't see coming. Wouldn't it be, you know, something if, if, if in baseball, and some of you may watch baseball, follow baseball, but if the pitcher went up every single time to pitch, and every single time he threw it right down the middle and it was a fastball down the middle every time. You know, because I've seen these batting averages, they're so low. You know, really, I, I sit there and think, man, how come they're only hitting three or four out of ten when they get up there, you know? I, I, that's a, well, the reason is, is because the pitcher's changing that thing up. And that batter has no idea where that ball's going. But if the, if the pitcher got up and he was throwing a fastball right down the middle every single time, just boom, right down the middle, I mean, these batting, batting averages are going to go through the roof. The home run record's going to be like, you know, blown away, whatever it is right now, I can't even remember. But it, it's going to be way up there. Why? Because the batter knows it's coming in the same direction, same speed, right down the middle every time, and they can practice that, and it's, it's all over with. There's going to be super high scores in baseball. It's going to be like, I don't know, 182 or something instead of our 6-3 to three scores we have now, or sometimes 2-1. to one. It's like, whew, not much scoring. But anyways, if he threw it every single time, it get hit out of park every other time. It's going to get hit out of the park. There's going to be lots of home runs. I think they should do that. It would make baseball more exciting the more I think about it. Anyways, uh, watching baseball on TV sometimes. All right. But sometimes God is the one, though, throwing us the curveball. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. And we've got to be flexible. We've got to look at it and not get all bent out of shape, upset, because things aren't going the exact way we thought they were going to go, or it didn't pan out that way. And the thing is, is sometimes when God shuts a door, I'm going to tell you, when God shuts a door, that means he's going to open up a bigger one for you the next time. He's got some other bigger door for you to go through if he shut a door on you. So just look to God. If a door's shut on you, you're about to make a scene, you're about to do something, and all of a sudden the door slams shut, and you didn't get that position or that job or, or whatever it may be, or that, you know, the loan didn't come through for you, or just whatever it is, that means God's got something better for you. And you've got to look at God. You've got to seek God and, and start praying prayerfully and say, God, what are you trying to say to me in this? What are you trying to speak to me in this? What are you trying to do there? So we've just got to be flexible and not get all bent out of shape, get all 
could get off. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So it's the Lord. We can plan. We can make plans. And it's good to plan. And you want to plan. But just know that sometimes the plan gets interrupted. And sometimes it's a really good thing that the plan gets interrupted. Because sometimes it's God interrupting that plan. And so I always like to say, God, have your way. Have your way. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Mm, isn't that good? Proverbs 20.24, 20, Man's steps are from the Lord. How then can uh, man understand his way? So we don't always need to know why. We can just stop asking why. We just need to go to him and say, Okay, what now? That's what we, we're asking the wrong question so many times. We're like, why this, why this? We need to just say, what now, Lord? What do you want me to do now? I, 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 I've stopped asking why sometimes. You know, I've just gotten out of the habit. Just why this, why? Just, I don't know. I don't care anymore. I'm putting my trust totally in God, 100%. He's going to be my shield. He's going to be my protector. He's going to bring me forward. He's going to make me step out. He's going to make me step forward, step higher. I don't, I'm not stepping back anymore. I'm stepping forward. It just doesn't matter. So I'm done asking why my trust is in Him. Amen? Because that's where we go. Number four. Number four. Think gratefully. Think gratefully. You say, well, what in the world is this? Well, to be grateful is to appreciate someone or something and actually express it. It's not just enough to think it. We've got to express it. Just like we have this word thanksgiving. It's not really thanks unless you give it, right? You've got to give it. Thanksgiving, give. So we give it away. We think gratefully. Wise people learn the value of thinking gratefully and then they express it. So why, again, is this so important? Because ungrateful people do foolish things. Ungrateful people do foolish things. When you're ungrateful, it means that you're discontent and dissatisfied. And I'm going to say when you are discontent and you're dissatisfied, your flesh is already stirred up and your flesh will miss it when you're making a decision. They will just totally miss it. You can make a decision. Carrie Ann and I were watching this um, show. I don't know the name of it. Where they have the real estate agent in the house. Like it or what is it? Love, love, love it or list it. So you have your house. Okay. And there's this one lady's going to come in. And she's going to. She's in charge of the renovations. To renovate the house. To try to make the couple fall back in love with their own house. And then there's a real estate agent that's coming and is going to look for another house for this couple. And so they have to go look at other houses. And then when it's renovated, they come back in and look at their own house. And then they make a decide. And I guess it's like the real estate agent wins or the remodeler wins, you know? That's, a, you know, trying to convince the couple one way or the other. Now, they don't put this huge pressure on them. I mean, they just show them and, and, and then they let them make the decision. They don't try to, they're not salesmen here. They just, they do their thing. Well, you know, I started looking at this, this show, and I was, I was listening to it. I, I usually don't watch these kind of shows, but this one was really, really interesting. Very interesting. Um, and when the, this one couple we were watching last night, they were real dissatisfied with their house. I, I mean, real dissatisfied. And the two, there's two big rooms that they're going to have, have done, main rooms down there. And so the remodeler brought them back in when there was just some paint on the wall. There was, everything wasn't all done. And there was paint, and there was show, he was showing her the color. And the woman, I mean, she literally was so dissatisfied with that color 
she started crying, I kid you not, on this show. And so, and if it was up to her at that moment, because of how dissatisfied she was with seeing this brown, it, it was a dark brown on the wall. And you, you sit there and you think, I wouldn't want dark brown either. Trust me, I was thinking the same thing sitting there. I was thinking, man, I probably would have been in tears too. But let's just say the remodeler's God for just a moment, okay? She represents the Lord. Because I'll tell you, and, and you know what she kept saying? Just trust me. Just trust me. Don't worry. Don't, just trust me. And she went and put her arm around her and said, just give me some more time. Just trust me, didn't she? Okay, so now they leave, and she's still torn. And then they got the cameras on her, and she's torn up. Because I told her that I wanted lighter earth tones. But that's what I liked. You know, she's just falling apart because she's dark brown. Just dissatisfied, discontent. But here's the remodeler. Trust me. Trust me. Now, when it was said and done, and she walked in, she cried again. But it wasn't upset. It was tears of joy because of how good this place looked. I want to tell you, that remodeler did a really good job. Because I didn't even know how she was going to fix that room. I just had no idea. But man, when I saw that thing, I thought, wow, that's good. And you know what the woman said? She said, you were right. She said it. She said, you are right. You were so right. Oh, my goodness. You were right. I'm serious. She was so expressive. You were right. And you know, that's what God, I mean, God's saying, just trust me. Because we get upset, we see something, and it, things start to go on. Things are starting to get remodeled. Things are starting to go, and we're freaking out. We're all upset because we can't see the end, but God sees the end, and He's saying, just trust me, and all we got to do is trust Him. Amen? That's all we've got to do. That's it. Folks, I can't see the end result right now. There are things I'm believing God for. I can't see the end, and I've got all this mess to look at for the middle. It's all God. Are, are you hearing me? It's all God. Because I can't see the middle. I can't see it. That's why the last song we were singing, I, I mean, I was getting touched. I was like, God, it's all you. You're my strength. You're my shield. You're everything. You are everything. We think gratefully. It's so important, and there's because when we're discontent or we're unsettled, those are the times where we make bad decisions or bad choices. We rush things along. And trust me, you know, there's some things I found out. It's like, oh, I got to fix this, I got to do this, you know, and I'm wanting to just rush and do it. I just got to take my time. I've got to hear God on it, I've got to seek God on it and, and begin to chip away and, and let that paint go on the wall, even though it may not look the greatest, and know what the end result is going to be. Those that grumble and complain end up taking longer to get their promised land. They end up taking way longer. They don't even make it at all sometimes. Remember the children of Israel wandered for 40 years and many of them didn't even make it. They didn't even get to see that promised land. So we've got to be grateful to God, grateful to Him, and not spend year after year being dissatisfied or complaining with life. And Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. In other words, be content with what you have. It, you know, when we, when we got our eyes and we always just want more, 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 it, it's going to mess us up. We're going to have trouble with it. Proverbs 17, 1, Better is a dry morsel with, with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. 
Proverbs 27.20, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Did you catch that? Never satisfied. And if it was up to those people coming in and looking at the house and it was getting remodeled, getting redone, they would have changed it all just right then and there and would have just interrupted the plan that God had. Well, that the remodeler had. Proverbs 30.15, the leech has two daughters, give and give. One version says, gimme and gimme more. Gimme and gimme more. That's what the leech has. That's all the leech does, just suck. Sucks blood all the time, just sucking, you know. And, and we've got to be able to be grateful and not always just gimme, 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 being grateful. In Luke 17, the parable of the ten lepers, remember, one turned back to thank God. And when you go and say, we don't have time to get into all of it, but he turned back to thank Jesus. And Jesus said, you're not just cleansed from your leprosy, you are made whole. There was a difference, and go, you can go and look at it and study it out. But there was something a little extra that that guy got that the other nine didn't. And there's many different, you know, trains of thought on, on what that was, that extra. But I can tell you what, I just know that there was some extra, and I want the extra. Amen? Number five, think humbly. Think humbly. Humility begins in the heart before it turns into action. In other words, you can't fake humility. You can't fake it. You can't go try to act humble because it's going gonna, it's gonna to show itself. The pride's going to show itself. It's going to come out. It's going to say at some point or another. You can't fake it. You can't fake humility. And humility and pride are how you view yourself, how you think about God and others. It's a, it's a thought process. And, and, you know, some pride... You know, we want to have pride in how we look. You know, we go out of the house. We don't want to just, you know, just, just be sloppy with it, right? We want to have a little, little uh, uh, self-consciousness and have some pride with, with how we do things, certain things. But too much pride, we know, is not a good thing. Because it's humble people that are able to do things that proud people can't do. Humble people are able to defer. They're able to honor and to give, to listen, to serve. They're able to do things that other people can't bring themselves to do. If you get puffed up in pride, you won't be able to serve others. And that's why we're here. Amen? Proverbs 3.34 says, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. To the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. I hear this word favor. I'm like, I want that, so I want some humility. Proverbs 11.2, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18 through 19. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So how do you and I find our way to a place of honor and respect? You know, Jesus gives us the answer. We look at his life again. He came, he humbled himself. In Philippians 2, it says he fashioned himself as a man. As a man. You think about that. God fashioned himself as a man, came down as a man. That's humble. That's humility. That's coming down off the greatest throne in the universe and coming down to the earth to sleep for his head to sleep on rocks many times. That's humble. That's humility. So Jesus gives us the answer in Philippians 2. Imagine... You know, God coming down to earth as a man. He did that for us. 
We need to follow His example. After going over these five, after these ten really, five last week and five this morning, are you a wise thinker? Are you a wise thinker? I know me, when I, when I went through and I was studying these things, I thought, there's a lot I need to work on. I'm repenting all week long as I'm studying. Every day, I'm looking at it. I'm going, I need to change this. I need to change that. If you continued to think the way you've been thinking without any adjustment, after listening to these ten, what would be the end result? Project to the end. If you, no, no adjustment from last week, this week, the things we talked about. Is there some things that you need to change and think differently? Are there some stuff you need to... If that's you, raise your hand. There's some stuff you need. I'm not going to have you come down or anything. There's some things you need to... I tell you, that's me. I need to think differently. I need to think differently. Number one, I need to think graciously. Two, I need to think consequentially. Three, flexibly. Four, graciously. And five, I need to think humbly. Let's all stand. This morning, I want us to respond to the message. And I want us to respond right where we are. But after we're totally done at the end, if there's something that you, you're having a really hard time trusting God in. You're having a hard time. just get, You see all this mess. You can't see the end. And it's just really, really tough right now. If that's you and you want some extra prayer, I want you to come down after we're, we're done. You know, you can come down during that prayer time that, that Dad will uh, invite us all down to after he prays to any prayer. If that's you and, you and you want some agreement and prayer of agreement, be sure and come down. But right now at your seat, I, just, I want to pray for everyone that we'd be able to think differently in these ten characteristics. We'll be able to study these, look at these. Get online, get on the churchpluggedin.com, download these notes, look at those five. Put it before you, you know, from this week. Put on the, the five from last week. Look at these things and begin to think differently. To trust in God and have that wise thinking. So you're here this morning. You heard something and you know there's some things you need to change in the way you think. Just right where you're at. Let's lift our hands and let's agree in prayer right now. Father God, this morning, we just come to you and we just thank you for you are so good. And Lord, I just want to thank you that you do not treat us how we deserve to be treated And Father, I just thank you for that. I thank you that you look down on us with graciousness. You look down on us with love. And Lord, right now, I just think that we can humble ourselves. And Lord, we say, forgive us where we have missed it, where we didn't trust in you, where we didn't look to you for wisdom, where we didn't think prayerfully, where we didn't think consequentially. We didn't look at the end result. And we didn't look at it objectively. We didn't look at these things, Lord. God, forgive us where we've missed it. And Father, I thank you for giving strength to each one that has their hand raised right now. I thank you for giving strength to be able to think differently. To begin to think how you want us to think. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for enduing them with strength. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you for supernatural power to overcome. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray a blessing on each one. Lord, that every step is ordered by you. That, Lord, as they dig in your word, as they dig in these principles, Lord, as they look to you for wise thinking, as wisdom comes, I thank you for blessing them, Lord, and that the end result will be even greater than what they can imagine or think. In Jesus' name, I thank you for miracles and testimonies 
from the wise thinking that's going to be taking place over these next several months. Lord, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. If you agree with that, let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Amen.